Thank you, Adam, for bringing that to our attention and for leading us in prayer. Before I begin, um, I've got a couple announcements I need to share with you just to bring some things to your attention. It's a time of the year that we need to do something with small groups. So there is a sign-up table out in the foyer for you to sign up. There is the same sign-up sheets over on the small group bulletin board. So let me tell you some things about small groups. You're going to be hearing some things about small groups next Sunday and the Sunday after. So I need to jolt you a little bit because um, <clears throat> let me tell you a little bit about small groups. We believe in small groups here. It's one of our major ministries here. We've talked about that. Our goal, <clears throat> excuse me, is to have a hundred percent participation in small groups. We would like to be a church that even has more people in groups during the week, Sunday night and during the week than we do in worship, which means you're reaching out to your friends and your neighbors and folks like that. Now, to do that, We need to have small groups. So we've got about 18 small groups listed, maybe 19, I don't know, maybe 20. Ideally, if it was me, I think we ought to have about 50 small groups. Right now, we really would like to have 25 or 30. So I'm asking some of y'all to step out in faith and be a host home. Now, if you're a host home, that just means people are coming to your house. That doesn't mean you have to lead the Bible study. You need to delegate that out. But we need some homes. And we need some people that say, you know what, I'll, I'll read through the questions and y'all will answer the... We need people to do that. Now, <clears throat> some of y'all have been in the same small group since, like, Noah. So I want to give you permission to leave your group. Now, I need to do that because some of y'all have said, Oh, Richie, I could never leave my group. They would kill me. They would find where I live. They would put my car on blocks. And we joke about that, but sometimes groups get a little possessive, nasty, about not letting people go to other groups. So, church, listen, the next two weeks you're going to hear about this. There's a bigger picture than just your small group. So if somebody wants to leave your small group and get to know some other folks, if somebody wants to leave your small group and start another small group, we ought to give them um, our blessing. You should give them your blessing. So we're going to have a sign-up for the next three or four weeks out on this table. Same sheets over on the board over there. You need to know that some houses only take about 10 or 12 people. And so if you sign up and there's 30 people in one group, we may have to shift you over to another group. So be thinking about small groups, praying about small groups. And I need to tell you this. If you're in a small group and you're staying in a small group, just cause, we want you to sign up that you're still going to be in that group. We need to know where everybody is. So if you've been in a group since Noah... Will you go find your Noah group and sign your name up again and say, you know, I'm still going to be right here. We would like to track where everybody is. That's the first announcement. Sorry so long. The second one's about the Okie Dokie Brothers concert this Friday. So um, you need to know this is a big, huge community outreach thing for us. We have 700 tickets. Some of y'all are thinking, hey, I'll show up on Friday night. Well, it would be nice if you'd call the office and come by and get a ticket. The concert's free. The tickets are free, but we need to track. We have 700 tickets. We've distributed 550 already. So if you're thinking, hey, I might like to go, would you come by the office, uh, call the office? Um, we'll reserve those. You can pick them up at will call. Where's the will call in the foyer? That's, 
you can pick those up on the night of the concert. Now, <clears throat> this being in a community outreach, we've been advertising to the communities on billboards throughout the community in the at play um, section of the Longview newspaper. We're going to give out bags of school supplies. So to do that, we need bags of school supplies. Now, what we would like to do, the bags that, you know, they may just be Walmart bags, they're not backpacks, those cost 15 or $20 to stuff those things. If you've not um, gone out to purchase school supplies in a while, it may be 50 or 60 or 70 at some schools, the stuff that they require. We, we're not trying to supply everything, but we're just trying to supply. So if you show up, we've been advertising, and you've got kids in whatever the age group is, if you'll show us your ticket on the way out, we'll give you a bag of school supplies. Now, we're estimating about two to 250 kids based on tickets that have, um, people have got. We need about 200, 250 bags. We've got... 50. Seriously. We've been running in the bulletin for a while. Hey, bring supplies, bring supplies, bring supplies. So I would really hate and be embarrassed if the community shows up for school supplies and we hand them a pencil. So here's the scoop, church. You've always responded. You can go out this week and you can bring some school supplies. Just go buy some stuff. Or you can give us money and we'll go do it. Now, to do what we're wanting to do, we need about... $3,000. So this is an outreach. Nobody's paying for the school supplies except us. But the people that show up, we're letting them know that the Pine Tree Church of Christ cares. Here's some school supplies to assist you. So if you want to give some money to Brian or Angie or me, um, they'll. I'm not going to go buy them. Brian will go buy those school supplies, but I'll be a funnel for the money. And that's this Friday. The concert's this Friday. Somebody tell me the time. 7 o'clock. Okay, so those are two announcements. Sorry for those. We're in a sermon series called Direction for a couple of weeks. Let me read you a great illustration that uh, will get us going. This is from the book The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. He writes, Tony Dungy had waited an eternity for the job as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For 17 years, he prowled the sidelines as an assistant coach First at the University of Minnesota, then with the Pittsburgh Steelers, then with the Kansas City Chiefs, and then back to Minnesota with the Vikings. Four times he was interviewed for a head coaching position in the NFL. Four times he was denied that job. Part of the problem was Dungy's coaching philosophy. In his job interviews, he would patiently explain his belief that the key to winning is to change players' habits. He wanted to get players to stop making so many decisions during a game. He wanted them to react automatically, habitually. If he could instill the right habits, his team would win, period. That was his interview. Champions don't do extraordinary things, Dungey would explain. They follow the habits they've learned. How, the owners would ask, are you going to create those new habits? Dungey replied, I'm not going to create new habits. I'm going to change players' old habits. Four times Dungey explained his habit-based philosophy. Four times they listened and said thanks, but no thanks. Until 1996 in the woeful, if you know anything about the NFL, the Buccaneers called. Dungey flew to Tampa Bay, laid out his habit-based philosophy, and they said, when can you start? 
Dungy's system would eventually turn the Bucks into one of the league's winningest teams. He would become the only coach in NFL history to reach the playoffs in 10 consecutive years, the first African-American coach to win a Super Bowl, and one of the most respected figures in professional athletics. His coaching techniques would spread throughout the league in all of sports. His approach would help illuminate how to remake the habits of anyone. We've been talking about direction, the direction of the church. We talked about that last week. Today I want to talk about the direction of Christ followers. And to do that, I need to talk to you about some habits. So I did a little research. I went and looked up habits for elite athletes. And wouldn't you know that elite athletes pretty much have the same habits across the board. Here's what they are. They set goals for what they want to achieve. They train and they pour everything they have into training. They educate themselves. What's it going to take to reach that goal? What do I need to do? They record what they do. They keep track of what they're doing. They focus on the details, even the little things. And they discipline. They set boundaries and stick to the program. Other athletes that aren't elite athletes make excuses as to why they're not better. Elite athletes set boundaries and parameters and they don't mess those up. Now, if you look at those habits... They pretty much apply to any area of your life. For example, if you're thinking, you know, I'd really like to get in the habit of saving money. Well, you need to set some goals. You need to train. You need to educate yourself. How much money do I need? How much do I need for retirement? You need to set, um, you need to keep track of records. You need to focus. You need to be disciplined. If you want to lose weight, you need to set some goals and you need to train and you need to educate yourself on diet and exercise. You need to keep records. You need to focus. You need to discipline yourself. Any area of your life is based on habits. That's why we want to talk about habits today when it comes to being a Christ follower. Now, I said last week, direction determines action. The direction that you want to go determines the action that you're going to take. Sometimes a new direction... Um, you have to get rid of some bad habits. So if you've ever heard of the book by Stephen R. Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he writes, Habits are powerful factors in our lives. They constantly, daily express our character and produce our effectiveness or our ineffectiveness. Good habits produce effectiveness. Bad habits produce ineffectiveness. So, for example, maybe you've heard this research. Studies have documented that families who habitually eat dinner together seem to raise children with better homework skills, higher grades, greater emotional control, and more confidence. If you want your kids to do better, just get in the habit of eating together. You say, well, that's kind of ridiculous. Research shows that that habit produces those qualities. In fact, making your bed every day... If you get in the habit of making your bed every morning, that's correlated with better productivity, a greater sense of well-being, and stronger skills at sticking with a budget. Some of y'all can't keep a budget because you don't make your bed. (laughs) Habits. You know, when it comes to bad habits, I've never heard anyone say positive things about bad habits. Let me illustrate. My mom and dad, for a number of years, smoked cigarettes. I never once heard my mom or dad say, 
I am so glad I started smoking cigarettes. I heard them many times say, I wished I'd never started smoking cigarettes. Now, if you're an audience today and you smoke cigarettes, I'm not getting on to you. I'm using my parents as an illustration because I've never heard anybody say when it comes to bad habits, you know, I'm so glad I started drinking. I'm so glad that I started cussing all the time. Now, when it comes to bad habits, I always hear people say, I wished I'd never started doing that. That's the ineffectiveness of bad habits. In fact, look at a couple of illustrations here, a couple of quotes. <clears throat> Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. That's what athletes do. They get in the habit to where, like Tony Dungy says, they don't even have to think. They have formed the habit so much that they just do it. They get in the habit of doing right things. We are what we repeatedly do. Again, from Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Our character is a composite of our habits. You are who you are based on the habits that you do every day. So a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. Habits form who we are. So here's what I want to do today. I, I want to help you head down the right direction when it comes to your spiritual well-being, when it comes to being like Jesus, when it comes to being spiritually mature. I just want to give you some habits that you can practice that will help you be stronger in your faith. Why do I want to talk about habits? Let me go back to a slide last week. We said that as Pine Tree, our direction, this is where we're going. These are our five major ministries, worship, mission, small groups, youth, children. Why are we involved in those major ministries? Because we think if you'll get in the habit of participating and doing those things, here's our mission statement, it'll help people grow into fully devoted Christ followers. We think if you follow those habits, it will help you become a fully devoted Christ follower. For example, the Bible says, Jesus says, go in all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. We ought to be in the habit of going. I don't want to be in the habit of just going. We ought to go baptized. I don't want to be in the habit of just going and baptizing and leaving folks alone. We need to go. We need to baptize. We need to make disciples. We need to baptize. We need to teach. It's a process of getting people involved in good habits. So that's why I want to talk to you about habits today. Because our goal is not just to make church members. I don't want to make you a church member. If you're a church member, you just show up and leave. Our goal is to get you in the habit of looking more like Jesus. Our goal is not to make you a little more moral than your neighbor. Our goal is to make you more like Jesus. Our goal is not just for you to have more information. Well, we need to meet more often so we can have more information. We've got the information. We need to be in the habit of taking that information and being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So, how are we going to do that? We're going to practice some good habits, so let me show you some habits. Hebrews 10, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God... Now, this is a healthy passage because there's a lot of lettuce in there. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, you, you know I like looking at other translations. It just helps me go a little deeper. It just it's, it doesn't, You don't have to do it. This is from the message. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging one another. I like that. How about the Living Bible? Let us outdo each other. That's good. How about the New Living Translation? Let us think of ways to motivate one another. Now, let me tell you what's going on to the Hebrew audience. The writer of Hebrews is writing to people who, like Adam talked about today in his prayer, in in the Scripture reading, who were undergoing persecution. I mean, they were being dragged out, just like Adam said, it's still happening today, being dragged out into the streets. In that day, they were being put on stakes and burned alive. They were being thrown before the lions. Their faith was being challenged. And the Hebrew writer says they were starting to drift. They were starting to abandon their faith. They were starting to desert, is what the word means, meeting together. So he said, hey, listen, listen, listen. I just want you to know when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to your faith, let's not get in the habit of disconnecting from folks at church. Now, when I say church, that means a lot of different things, but that's what we're going to illustrate today. The Hebrew writer says, one of the signs of people going in the wrong direction is they break connection from brothers and sisters in Christ. One of the habits, one of the bad habits that you're going in a wrong direction is when you disconnect from worship and you disconnect from Bible study and you disconnect from relationships. I've never heard someone say, you know, when I quit going to church and when I quit reading my Bible and when I quit hanging with brothers and sisters in Christ, man, my faith grew like crazy. No, it doesn't work that way. When you get out of the habit of meeting together, although he illustrates it a different way, he says, um, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. The habit is giving up. Some people are in the habit of giving up meeting together. So he's playing a positive with a negative slant here. Listen, folks. We're not just here to go through the motions. We're not just here so that you can show up and sit and plop. Do you really think God is pleased if your attitude is, Hey, I'm here. Some of us are in the habit. It's a new school year. It's a new time. You're getting your kids in a new routine. Summer has kind of messed everybody up. And everybody's got to get in a new routine and a new habit. We do that every year. You know, you've got to get up earlier, go to bed earlier, and do all, get ready for school. It's, it's a new routine and new habit. So I'm, I'm giving you a new routine, new habit. When Adam talks about, and when you read about in Hebrews, folks in this world that are being persecuted, and they're dying, Man, I have no concept of that, living in America. And here we are living in free America that we can do whatever we want. We have no persecution. And we get in the habit of showing up late. I mean, folks, we worship for an hour together. An hour. Can I encourage you, because that's what we're supposed to do. Can I encourage you to go to bed a little earlier on Saturday? 
Can I encourage you to be here on time on Sunday? I mean, 9 o'clock Sunday morning, we're not even sure if we're going to have worship. 9.15, our attendance doubles. Because some of you have gotten in the habit of... Now listen, I'm here to encourage you. I'm being nice to you. I'm just telling you, some folks say, listen, you ought to just be happy I'm here. You're not saying that to me. You're saying that to God. God, you ought to just be happy I'm here. Whether it's an hour, 50 minutes, 45 minutes, you ought to just be happy. Is that the habit that you really want to get into? Listen, folks, when it, when it comes to worship and Bible study and small groups, it's not about numbers and it's not just so we look good. It's so that you can be connected because you need to be connected in worship. The reason we come together and worship together. He says one of the things about worshiping together, not only are we here to praise God, but your presence encourages somebody else. And you're thinking, yeah, I doubt that. Well, you need to doubt that. Because you being here is an encouragement to somebody else. In the midst of persecution around the world, in the midst of Jesus coming again, we ought to be in the habit of connecting with brothers and sisters in worship so that we can encourage one another as the day is approaching. So worship is about being connected. And you need to be connected with God in some kind of Bible study, whether it's Bible classes or just your personal Bible study. And you need to be connected in relationships through small groups. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to start to drift. And you're going to get in the habit of not connecting. The word means you're going to get in the habit of abandoning, of deserting, of not being with the believers. It's not about church attendance. It's about connection with brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what you get by being here. And sometimes we get out of that habit. Sometimes in the summer we get out of that habit. I'm all for vacations and I'm all for those things. But listen, our church role, we're pushing about 600. Wouldn't you think our attendance ought to be about 600? But we live in such a mobile society and you're out doing and you're going seeing kids and those are all good things and I understand that. But sometimes we get home and it's like, you know, I'm just too tired to go to worship. It's no big deal. Listen, some of y'all didn't want to be here today. I'm just guessing. And for whatever reason, you fell out of bed and you came. And I want you to know I'm glad you're here. I want you to know there's some other people that are glad you're here. In the midst of whatever you're going through, whatever your struggle is, whatever, and I don't know what it is. Maybe you're struggling with work. Maybe you're struggling with a boss. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you're struggling taking care of your parents. Maybe you're struggling with your children. Maybe you're struggling as, you know, you're starting a new school. Or starting. I don't know what you're struggling with. I'm glad you're here. Because I want you to look around. And whether they'll admit it or not, I'll volunteer it for them. You're surrounded by a bunch of imperfect people who are just like you. We're all struggling. We all have questions. We all, all those things I mentioned, we're all dealing with all of those things. And you know what? When I come together with brothers and sisters in Christ, and when I go to my small group and we sit and we talk and we pray and all the things going on in our lives, I feel better, strengthened, uplifted, encouraged, 
The reason we worship and the reason we have study, Bible study and the reason we do small groups is to encourage one another so that we can go out and be like Jesus and go out and live like Jesus. So can I encourage you to get in the habit, get in the habits of worship and encouraging one another? Let me, let me take, I'll give you some possibilities. Let me give you some possibilities. I don't know where we are. Let me give you some possibilities. Look around today and find someone that you haven't seen in a while and give them a call. I'm telling you, it will do wonders for them. Look around and see some folks that might need some encouragement and write them a note. I'm telling you, it will do wonders. But now listen, not only will it do wonders for them, it will encourage you because you were thinking about somebody else and uplifting somebody else and it will come back to you tenfold church so if you want to well nobody ever encourages me encourage somebody else and i guarantee you it'll come back to you let, let, let me let me figure out where we are One sign that people are going in the wrong direction is when they start skipping church, getting out of the habit of meeting with other Christians. Let me give you this. What direction are you going? What do your habits say about the direction that you're going? What is your habit about reading your Bible? What is your habit about... Listen, I'm just picking on you a little bit today because I love you so much. We're starting a new school year. Some of you all need to get in the habit of going to Bible classes. You leave worship, I'm glad you're here. You stand out in the hallway and drink coffee forever, I'm glad you do that. But you know what? You need some Bible study time. It's not about, well, Richie made me go to Bible class. You need some God's Word time. You need to connect with God. And you know what? Sometimes connecting with folks in a Bible class, you can sit there and not say a thing, but somebody will say something or share a struggle and they'll apply God's Word. Listen, folks. The things people say to me that change their lives are stuff like this. You know, I really didn't want to come to worship. But God spoke to me in some way through that song. Let, let me illustrate. I know it's late. Let me illustrate. Sun, sun, Sunday mornings, I've told you, it's piranha hour for me. Everybody wants a piece of Richie. So it's easy for me not to worship because of the logistics of worship. But there's certain songs that stop me in my track and realign me, and God speaks to me. And Jim sang one today, Here I Am to Worship. You know, I got a lot of things going on, boom, that song came in, and, and I connected with God. People say, you know what, there was a song, there was something in the sermon, there was something somebody said. I was in a Bible class, and somebody shared, I was in a small group, and it changed my life. Those are the habits that you need to get in to help you grow spiritually. Listen, folks, the Hebrew writer doesn't want us to drift. The Hebrew writer doesn't want us to become disconnected. The Hebrew writer doesn't want us to, to desert one another. So let's get in the habit of encouraging one another. So let me tell you this. The good news is Jesus is coming back someday to get us. The good news is I want you to go with me. The good news is I want you to be in the habit of being more like Jesus. The good news is that when Jesus comes back, we're going to be with Him forever. So I want to encourage you in your Christian life to be more like Jesus. So we offer the invitation of Jesus today for Him to take control of your life and my life. 
Because when Jesus takes control of our lives, our habits change and things get better. If you've never been baptized into Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to do that today. You don't have to do it today. You can do it after worship. You can do it this afternoon. You can do it Tuesday evening. You can do it anytime you want. I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus and let Him have control of your life. If you need to meet with our shepherds in the back and share something with them in a private way, if you need to respond to Jesus today, please do so as we stand and sing. Put my mind, my mind.